You are listening to the smooth sounds of the Theonauts, episode 105. The one where David plays Hail to the Chief when his wife walks in. The Theonauts Podcast. Christian news from around the globe. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. It is the glory of God to conceal a thing, but the honor of kings is to search out a matter. Explore the vast reaches of God's word. (laughs) Oh, is she here? Where's she at? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Hello, all you Theo flag wavers out there. I'm David Gaddy. I'm Jeremiah Orr. And together we are the, the Theo Knots. How you doing, David? I'm doing fair to Midland. Fair to Midland? That's what we say over here in That's Texas. Right. That's fair right. Fair to Midland. There's a little rain on the porch and a tin roof and it's beautiful outside. And yeah. Fair to Midland. It's supposed to be a cold front coming in and we're going to be a nice, so cool excited. 87 degrees. Yes, this weekend mm. I'm totally going to live outside <laughs> when it's not raining. <laughs> We might we might need to go put on sweater. Yeah, put on put on a sweater. In Texas, that's that's freezing. Yeah, so. get a little cold down here. French fried biscuits and tighter and mustard and whatever. I reckon so. My favorite line is, "I reckon that I won't have no gas in it." It's <laughs> the best thing. Ain't got no gas in it. <laughs> Well, now that we've kind of gone off the rails, how was your week? It was all right, man. I've been uh, up at the school preparing to uh, inspire and instruct young minds all week. So yeah, yeah, it's it's running all right, operating smoothly. smoothly. You got all that worked out? No, but yeah. I'm learning. You're going to hit them with some with some uh, hard hitting literature? Yes, this year. Yeah, fifth graders are going to start reading uh, Nathaniel Hawthorne. Screw yeah, yeah, uh, the Scarlet Letter. How about that? Ah, yeah. It's totally up there, Ellie. I'm joking. <laughs> I have no idea what I'm doing with those the guys. The Prince's Bride. <laughs> Inconceivable! That's an awesome book. Is it? Yeah, William Goldman. Is I it Goldman? It. I think it's I think that's who wrote it. I didn't know it was really a book. Yeah, yeah, like uh long before it was a movie. In wow. fact, it was one of these things, it was like the the movie that was in development hell forever. Oh yeah. Yeah, like they um that no one could get it made, and the guy and the author kept buying the rights back, so no one destroyed it. Right, like he would like sell the rights to Fox for to make a movie out of it, and then the the guy that that sealed the deal would like get fired, and <laughs> before it had a chance to fall into some hands that he didn't want it in, he'd buy it back. So there's no telling how much money the guy spent on his wow. own work. He loved the book so much he was like, I want this book on my tombstone. Right, so it wow. needs to be right. And, uh, of course, Rob Reiner got a hold of it, and the rest is history. Yeah. That's so. pretty amazing. <laughs> it is one of the best movies of all time. Yeah, it's awesome. That would be a good it's book, though, ten. for your... We'll have to do that. For your... Because uh, it's a that's in that age range, I would think. Really? Yeah. Huh. Like teens, 13, something like that. Wow. Huh. All right. Well, uh... <clears throat> Are we ready to get down to some business? Are you business? ready for this? No, but... Me neither. Let's do it. Okay, so this is the second half of our Ask the Theonauts. Nots, yes. nots, nots. Or more appropriately, 
how should Christians vote in this next election? <laughs> We're going to tell you without a shadow of a doubt, right? <laughs> yes, and, that's exactly what and we're going to do. if you don't do. share this on Facebook, then you're going to hell, right? That's right. <laughs> Whoa, <laughs> David, calm down a little bit. I imagine I'm going to get you stirred up so many times uh, today from no. this. I, okay, so last, uh, last month we put out there the Ask the Theonauts uh, thing and then garnered a lot of questions. And surprisingly, not surprisingly, actually, over half of them were were on either um, who should Christians vote for, um, what what policies should Christians endorse, what uh, you know. State of America is like on everyone's mind, right? It's the number one thing right now, you know, and and that's really not what we were planning like, on no we were we thinking didn't expect that. bible questions right yeah. but they were you know these are some legit questions and so we did the bible questions last week and mm-hmm. we got those out of the way uh so to well, there's speak some, i guess some bible questions in, in this mix well there's some, some degree theological but there's a lot of opinion too yeah and so this disclaimer week, this is the opinions the opinions of the Theonauts does not necessarily <laughs> <laughs> No, here's the cool thing about this. Yeah. I was thinking, okay, so from a pastoral standpoint, I've been a pastor forever and uh legally legally understand this pastors, you are not supposed to endorse any candidate from the pulpit, period. Legally you cannot do that. Um as as the uh, representative of a church, right? That's right. So if so, otherwise, hey, you lose your five hundred one c three, your nonprofit status. And so, but the cool thing is, is the theonauts are not a nonprofit status. No, we're out to make money. It's right. We're it's, just not making any. Sure, not making any at all. <laughs> so we can give our opinions uh, freely, somewhat may and freely, but also. Um, until the jackboots come kicking in our door. Right. And take this with a grain of of salt, everything we say here. Because honestly, I don't think anybody's 100% on any of these things. Mm-hmm. And so we, we've got to <clears throat> be careful how we land. But uh, do you want to dive right into it? I guess so. Okay. Let's do it. All right. So the first question we have, and it's the biggest question, so we're just going to hit that start off with, uh, comes from Chris Sanders, and he asks, who should Christians vote for or vote at all? So the question again is... So this is so this is the answer you need to take to heart, right? Right. Who should Christians vote for or vote at all? If you love Jesus, like this... Theonauts episode. <laughs> That's hilarious. No, <laughs> no. Okay, so uh, for those of you that have been living in Iraq for the past, in year, a rock, under a rock oh. for the past year, I thought you were about to talk. We to have the Middle Eastern listeners. Two major candidates. A lot of people say two major candidates. Some people would say three major candidates. Mm-hmm. Um, we have two major candidates: uh, the Democratic candidate, which is, of course, Hillary Rodden Clinton, and our illustrious Republican candidate, uh, Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's also a third-party candidate that's garnering a lot of support, 
uh, and that's Gary Johnson. He's the Republican, uh, not the Republican, the Libertarian. He's the Libertarian ticket. <clears throat> so, who should Christians vote for? Do you want to answer this question first, David? <laughs> <laughs> well, <clears throat> I almost, you know, okay, first off, it's a hard question for me to answer because I have my Christian blinders on and I've got my American blinders on. And sometimes those aren't necessarily the same thing, right? Hmm. Explain like, that like to I'm, me. And, and we're, and we're going to probably hit this in several of the questions. Yeah. But, um, <clears throat> the putting my Christianity aside, which I don't mean to do that in a way what I'm saying is I'm going to, you know, not think, like a Christian, but as a business owner. Okay. So I, I own my own business. There are a lot of things that my business concerns have that, that are about the taxation of small business, the involvement of big government, uh, the minimum wage thing. I mean, there's all these, these fiscal Things right, okay, which affects me from a citizen of the United States of America, regardless of whether or not I'm a citizen of the kingdom of okay. God, and so that part of me has specific things that I want in the government uh, rules or whatever to be passed as law or not passed as law. Okay. So, uh, so there's the economic so business side of you. Correct. Okay. Uh, now, I'm not saying that I'm voting my pocketbook either because uh, there is the, the, the kingdom of Christ that I belong to as well that extends beyond just America. Mm-hmm. And uh, from that aspect, there are the social issues and the moral issues that come up. And so, as a Christian, you have to kind of weigh, you know, look at each one of these parties and see what they're, what they're selling, what, what, you know, whatever it is that they're, they're selling. So, from my personal standpoint, I've always uh, fell pretty much in the conservative camp uh, of politics, and primarily because of... I agree with the fiscal ideologies mm-hmm. there, small government, uh, corporate empowerment. I mean, that's what makes, you know, everyone wants to demonize big corporations or whatever, but you know what? You walk around with an Apple iPhone in your hand or or, <laughs> or a Samsung even. I mean, these are big. Corp- or you drive your Ford or you're, your Chevy. Oh, yeah, you're driving your your, your Ford and, and, and hollering about uh, the evil corporate Conglomerate with your Starbucks drink, <clears throat> yeah, and uh, cashing your check that you just got from your corporate job, <laughs> and and so it's it's to me it's very hypocritical for us to go anti corporation, uh, and but once again I'm a small business owner so and a lot of this stuff that people don't realize impacts small businesses like crazy, yeah, like. Uh, I mean, we're talking 50% plus taxes on everything. I mean, we take tax on our employees, then the employees pay taxes, and then we get taxed on top of that. You got your uh, franchise tax. I mean, there's all this stuff. So that part of me has always been about small government. Get out of my business. Let me sell my goods to the public. 
the way that they want them. Sound like a libertarian. And let me, okay, so that's <laughs> that would fit in there as well. Um, and so that's a big thing for me. On the moral side of, of, of things, I'm definitely um, pro-life. So anything, deal, any, any type of, of, of issues dealing with uh, abortion laws are very important uh, to me. Uh, that's really my biggest moral uh, issue. I mean, there are some smaller ones there, but that's the big one uh, for me. So the thing that I look at personally is not even necessarily the person who's running for office, but what camp they're bringing with them. I have nothing against the libertarian camp if I thought for sure they could get enough support over uh, over 50. If I think that the libertarian um, uh, ticket could get more than 50% of the voters in this nation right now, I'd vote libertarian all day long. Right. But I'm telling you, that's not going to happen. Right. That's, a, just, that's just a fact of life. That's just the way it is right now. Okay. There's not enough support in the Libertarian Party at this juncture. Now, it could be if people got on board and worked this up you know, for four years and got that Libertarian Party up to the point to where they held uh, a large majority in these states, in the Congresses and in the, in the Senate, and all the, if the party actually had a foothold on America, it could work. Right. But you're saying that because there are no libertarians in the Senate, there are no libertarians in the, uh, the Congress. That there's no support for it. There's, there's all no you have is the outliers who want something other than the, than the main two parties right. that we've been kind of strapped with. Okay. Um, so I'm all about, you know, in this particular case, Gary Johnson, I would, I would vote for him all day over the other two candidates. Right. If I thought, there was a that he could chance win. Yeah. that he could win, but the reality is, I I want the the conservative uh, laws and stuff passed, and Trump is not the most conservative guy that we could have gotten by far. I mean, no. I'm he's, uh, so, but but to me, you have to look beyond him because he's going to be bringing a conservative cabinet with him. Uh, he's going to be voting. Are, are appointing the next these Supreme Court justices, which are, by the way, going to last the next fifty years. Right. So it's a big thing right there. Yeah. In fact, that's a really huge thing. And given my moral concerns about Roe v. Wade and <clears throat> all these other things, I want conservative Supreme Court justices. Right. So my opinion is, and this is just David's opinion. That's it. Is I'm leaning toward Trump, not because of Trump, but because of the rest of the party that comes along with him and that he's the one who has the chance to actually take the office. Okay. Now, I want to go back to a meme we saw. I think you shared it. Yeah, Abraham Lincoln. Abraham Lincoln, and it was like, this is what you get when you vote third party. Well, (laughs) that was kind of deceiving because what happened in 1860 was you did have a two-party system, the the Whigs mm-hmm. and the Democrats. But what happened was um, you had conservative Democrats breaking off, and you had strong powers of the Whig Party breaking off, 
and forming this third party, which became the Republicans. And the first, the first president to run under that party failed miserably. But it, people started getting on board with the Republican Party. And by 1860, by the time uh, Abraham Lincoln was running, the, the, the GOP had majorities in almost every state. So it's different than the Libertarian Party. It's not the same concept of what we have right now. You had this big – it became a big, strong party. So you would you would say that maybe the Libertarian Party is in its infancy like the Republican Party was? It could be, but the Libertarian Party has been around forever, and people just aren't getting on board. But I think more people have got on board <clears throat> in the past year mm-hmm. than have ever got on board before. And yeah. I think it's going to continue growing. I don't think this is the last. Someone with money has to get involved and 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 push it, push it, push it, push it. I mean, Ross Perot had money and he didn't get it, right? <laughs> and that was in '92. Right. And I'll tell you right now, I voted for Ross Perot in '92. <laughs> so I mean, I'm not this big Republican guy as much as I am about the conservative. Yeah. So yeah. Thing. So let me give you my my. Uh... But is that strictly how Christians should vote? I'm not going to say that. Right. All right, so let me give you my my mindset, my thinking on all this. Uh, first off, you can never set aside your your Christian worldview. That's your background. That's that's who you are. And David David doesn't set aside his either. I'm not saying that he does. No, does. So you can't you can't set aside that whenever. And I believe you do this with everything you do: music, poetry, uh, business. Uh, work, relationships, and everything. Um, if you're a follower of Christ, then that permeates everything you do, mm-hmm. including being a United States citizen. Um, that being said, what I view as following Christ, a lot of people in this <coughs> country don't view as following Christ, meaning that, I, and I am not unpatriotic, I am very thankful for the United States of America. But the United States of America is not my savior. The United States of America is not going to um, is not going to inherit the kingdom. Mm-hmm. The United States of America is a governmental system that was set in place in the 1700s and will run its course. And just like any other government, fall because we know the end of the book and we know there's only one government that works and that's the kingdom. Right. And that's not going to come that's not going to be be real <clears> until <throat> Jesus comes back. We're kingdom citizens, but it's not going to be fulfilled until Jesus comes back again. Right. So, I am living as a Christian in a I'm a sojourner in right. this world. Right. We are pilgrims here. We are pilgrims here. I'm I am and there are people that would put their American citizenship before the kingdom and call themselves Christians, and I can't do that. Or at least e- equal to that. Right. It's not even close. No, there's, it's not. So, with that being said, I have to look at everything from a Christian standpoint, from a Christian mindset, as a kingdom citizen. Who, who would I be as a kingdom citizen? So, I am a hardcore libertarian. <laughs> and what I mean by that is I believe the government, uh, personally, I believe the government should protect us. That's what it's there for, from enemies foreign and domestic. That it should uphold the laws of the land, which 
any law that has to do with any harm to anybody else mm-hmm. should be a law, and then it should get out of our business. Agreed. If I want to own and start up a business, I should be able to own and start up a business without the government taking any cut. If I want to pay this person that much, I should do that without the government taking a cut. Unless I'm ever injuring or harming anybody else, the government should stay out of my business. I'm what a lot of people would call Ron Swanson from uh, Parks and Rec. That's that's who I am. And so, um, you know, the government's not going to save us. So we need to stop trying to do the socialistic programs saving us. Mm-hmm. So I have to vote um, with that libertarian ticket in mind. A hundred percent. I, I do not believe that we should vote for Hillary Clinton. Mm-hmm. Um, and there, there are a lot of reasons, but I'll just give you one abortion. She's a hundred percent. Okay. With abortion funding, Companies that give abortions, and like I said, I, I believe that laws are there to protect, and that's it. And there should be laws against abortion because it's a life. It's right, a human right. life. And so, uh, as a libertarian, as a good libertarian, I believe that the government should enforce a law against abortion, mm-hmm. period. And so, Hillary's not going to do that. Uh, Hillary's a liar in a lot of what she said. If you go back and you look at her history, her record, all she does is lie. Um, she's very good at lying. I don't think she knows how to really tell the truth. Honestly. (laughs) Um, she wants to tell you what you want to hear and that's it. On the other side of the coin, Trump tells you what you want to hear. He's really good at that. He's good at quote unquote winning. He'll paint a pretty picture of himself as a hardcore businessman. He'll paint a pretty picture of himself as now a conservative, whereas 10 years ago he was for abortion. He was a liberal right? Um, and, and happy to proclaim that. But he wants to win this presidency, and so he's going to tell you whatever you want uh, to win this presidency. And not only that, but he's going to go all out in uh in getting the crazy radicals the ones that are tired of 8 years of obama mm-hmm. and tired of of failing as a country and he's after those people that's why you hear his his statements and his rhetoric being so demanding on we're going to build this wall i'm going to kick out all legal immigrants we're going to do all this and you know what i, I mean and he's and he's and he's on that but <clears throat> Trump's a wild card. I at least know what I'm going to get with Hillary, which is horrible. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to vote Hillary. What about Trump? Trump's a wild card. You can vote him, but then what? what's he going to do when he's in office? And you look at Trump's history, and you see the failed business that he's done. The amount of times he's claimed bankruptcy. Not only that. But the time times he's cheated people out of small business people out of money for his own personal gain, you can go on and look at story after story. Uh, a really good one would be the Taj Mahal story about the piano man. Did you hear that story? Mm-hmm. Crazy story. So what happens is uh, Trump buys the Taj Mahal, <clears throat> right? 
and he's going to make it into his his Trump casino. He goes through a small piano vendor and purchases like 150 grand pianos for his, for the Taj Mahal. Puts them in there. The guy sends him a bill. Doesn't hear anything. After 60 days, sends him another bill. Gets a a uh, statement back from his lawyers saying that the uh, the revenue that was expected is not going to happen for uh, the Taj Mahal, and so therefore he cannot pay for these pianos. So either uh, his lawyer said you have one of two options. You can either take uh, this much money, which was 75% off of what he, he had proposed, or you can let it sit in litigation for years upon years and make that much in the end whenever we settle. Right? Right. And he, this is not the first time he's done that. He's done that time after time. You can look at all that. That is not the president I want in the White House. That's not the caliber person I want representing my country. Period. That's a scumbag. And to me, Donald Trump is nothing but a scumbag. Um, personally. It's really funny that conservatives got up in arms against Clinton whenever he had his affair in the White House, yet they're willing to pass up Donald Trump's numerous affairs and numerous uh, debauchery, right. right? That he's in the lifestyle that he's lived, which has been nothing but materialistic and heathenistic. So it's really funny to me that these Christian conservatives are going, well, Bill Clinton should have been, well, he was impeached. He should have been kicked out um, because he had a couple of affairs, and yet they're going, oh, Trump's all right, you know? Mm-hmm. it. I mean, it's two-faced. It's, it's not real. And so I look at all that stuff. I add all that stuff up. There's only one thing that I'm struggling with, and I'll be honest with you. When you come to, come to me and you ask, me the question who should Christians vote for I am still on the fence it doesn't sound like I'm on the fence but I'm still on the fence I'm angry I'm let me let me just put this out I'm angry I'm frustrated that I my choices are Hillary Clinton and Trump and part of me wants to say what Augustine said of the choices of uh, the lesser of two evils I choose neither right right um, but I'm on the fence, and there's only one thing that puts me on the fence, exactly what you said, <clears throat> the the people he's bringing with him, uh, behind him, that can maybe control him, but I don't think that anybody can control Trump, honestly. I don't. And he's well, going to power, overstep his bounds. The power of the POTUS is honestly not that great. I mean, it is... there. There's he's the mo- most powerful man in the mm-hmm. land, though. Well, yeah, but he's a figurehead in in large respects. And what is is more, uh, what what drives it is whenever the party of the presidency and the party of the House or Congress are in sync, that's when change happens. Otherwise, it just really never happens. Right. So, and, and, and oh, and the the justice system also right. the 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 Supreme Court. So that's so the they, number one thing. They all yeah. all those things work. Uh, together, yeah. and and so this next president is going to put. This is the one thing that makes me feel like I have to vote for Trump. I have to. Um, my hands are tied. Well, I wanted to to bounce a little off of some of this because 
Hillary is an all-out liar. Yes. Trump is two-faced, liar, whatever, same thing. Here's what I want to propose. All politicians, all career politicians are liars. Some of them are more transparent than others. And the reason why I say that is because it takes a game. It takes money and it takes politics, which is largely a game, to get to the position to where you're even being voted for in these major parties. So, yes... I I concede everything you said about it, and it's horrific that that is our choice. That those are our choices. Uh, but but the but the downside is not voting for the lesser evil, but voting for the future. Like that. That's what I'm looking at. Is is okay? Because I'm going to make my prediction. My prediction is Hillary Clinton wins this election. I'm almost a positive that's going to happen. And the reason why I say that is exactly because of what we're conversation we're having right now. Right. The whole the whole Trump right, split us up. The whole right side of America is having this exact same conversation. Right. Some of them are gonna fall this libertarian way, some of them are gonna fall the Republican way, and some of them are just gonna go, Augustine, I ain't doing it. Right. Okay. Which means all of the left is voting one way. Okay, I'm telling you, Hillary will win this election. It's it's already. I don't think anything can change it at this point. I really think Hillary will win this election. That scares me. And that is why, for me, it's like it's it's a vote for Gary Johnson is noble. It is sending a quote unquote message. But in the end of the day, Hillary Clinton's going to be naming the next Supreme Court justice for the next fifty years. And, and any more that die during her four-year reign of terror. <laughs> right. So, and I mean, maybe I've just got a bleak outlook on this, but to me, casting a vote for that ticket is not just about the guy. Okay, for example, I buy gas at this gas station down here. Okay, whatever. This gas station might sell pornography behind the counter, Right. But I'm not going, well, you know what? I'm not going to buy gas from that gas station because they're rotten people. They sell pornography into the hands of, of, of people and that drives them into sin. And I mean, or that's a wet county. I'm not buying gas at that gas station because they sell alcohol and that alcohol is going to drive someone into the street. And you can take this, the exact same ideology to the extremes, and a lot of people do. I, I mean, it's just like the whole thing about boycotting Target over the bathroom thing. I wasn't on board with that. I mean, if you want to do that, whatever, to, to, to make a statement, whatever, but sinners are out there, right. and sinners are selling us goods. Sinners are running the country. It's just that's the way it is. So the, th- so the thing is, how do we ensure a greater future? And if the best bet is is on a gamble or is on this wild card, then that might be have to, how we have to go. The, to me, the other option is just to you cross your fingers and pray, you know. <laughs> 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 but but here's ultimately, I think we need to get to some more of these questions because here's the ultimately the yeah. ultimate thing: Jesus is who I'm voting for. Amen. Period. Jesus is on the throne and he is in control of all this. And it might seem very bleak to Americans who have had a cushy life so far. 
I mean, the, the kids coming up right now, the millennials, have never known any type of real persecution here never. in America. Yeah, that's right. Never. It's, it hasn't, and I say millennials, Gen X, people up in my uh, age range, I Gen think Y any, or whatever. anybody past the 70s, really. We've, we've never seen. Right. I, I've, I've, I've never been faced with... Uh, the same things that that the generation before me had to d- to deal with, right. uh, namely World War One, World War Two, things of that nature. I never had to deal with any of that, and so it's like we have become soft in this nation, and we somehow think God is going to maintain our cushy lifestyle. And I don't necessarily think that that's in God's agenda. It's about what's in our hearts. And, and sometimes we were just going through the book, First um, Peter in Bible study this, this week, mm-hmm. and one of the, the things he's talking about is trials. That's what the whole right. thing, he's like, look, you need to be thankful that there are trials coming because that is engenders uh, real faith. Yeah, which is totally different than, uh, than the American mindset. Yeah. Uh, this one, one particular, um, where it is. Okay, here it says, uh, this is the ESV, First Peter 1 and 6. It says, In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Amen. I mean, that's what it's, that's what it's really all about. Right. And, and so... I mean, they were under Roman rule, right? During this, in fact, Peter wrote this a year. Right. Most people are guessing a year before Nero turned on the Christians, right? In sixty four. So, so I think both of us, our answer is this: number one, stop freaking out, because God is still on the throne, and not only that, but God's going to have His way, and if that means mm-hmm. crushing America. Praise the Lord yeah. for that. And here's what I have a bigger issue with is people going, oh, no, it's the end. This is it. This, you know, God's lost or whatever is kind of how we're treating it. <laughs> and and it's like, you know, no, uh, exemplify faith right. in this right. and hope. That's and, and to answer the question, I don't know if there is a... Sp- specific answer between the libertarian the the conser- the uh, republican or the non-vote. I don't know if you could pinpoint that that's the Christian way to go. Um or even the democrat vote. I don't know. I can't really justify that at all. Ugh, but yeah. but uh from a Christian standpoint. But I would say that ultimately putting our faith that God is in control of this and that doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to be good in our eyes. Right. It could be good for us right. to deal with a little craziness. Right. That's true. So, Whew. Okay. So, hinging off of that, <laughs> we're going to come to another question, and this is a That's really a Half of the show one. right there. Is it? How long, how long was, <laughs> that, was that? that was a, we're about 30 minutes into the show. So. Oh, my gosh. Okay. <laughs> we're going to skip the equality and justice thing. We're going to okay. go to the, the meat of this question. Okay. Does the Bible support life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness <laughs> as inalienable rights? <laughs> Simple answer, you won't find that in the Bible. 
Now, um, I have a I have an interesting answer. Okay. Can I give mine out before you do this? Uh, hang on. The only, All right. The go, only, go ahead, the only go thing ahead. I want to say, <laughs> and we've touched on we've touched on this before right. in previous episodes. Yes. So go back and check our backlog. Yeah. Um, uh, mainly, the, the we talked about it in the war episode, which yes. is forty two. Um, that you know, were it says there in the Declaration of Independence that that we have been given these inalienable rights from God of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. My answer to that is all the 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 apostles, save one, lost their life in the pursuit of Christ. The pursuit of happiness, the only pursuit of happiness that they relate to us is happiness in Christ. I mean, Paul tells us, I was shipwrecked, I was beaten, I was stoned, I was imprisoned, I was lost in the sea and not in a day. Okay, that's that's not our typical pursuit of happiness. Right. Right? And what was the other one? Uh, liberty. Liberty. Okay. How, how much of, of Paul's missionary uh, life was spent in bonds in Roman prison? Yes. That's exactly okay. Right. So if Paul is our model, if our we model. look up at Paul and go, "Wow, what a Christian!" He had neither life, liberty, or the pursuit of happiness. Right, and as it's written in the Declaration of Independence. Yes. So let me let me do this. There are two mindsets you can have, and I, I used to say, "No, we are not granted with inalienable rights, life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness." There are two mindsets you can have. The first one. Wait a minute, you're gonna go cheap on me, aren't you? You're gonna go life in Christ. Well, hold on. Okay, go ahead. Let me honestly answer this question. (laughs) Okay, okay, sorry, sorry, sorry. Blow it. (laughs) Blowing it, man. All right. Okay, go ahead. I'm not cheaping it. In fact, this is more real to me than ever. Well, I say cheaping it. I was like, you're changing the question, basically. I'm not. I'm actually changing the focus. Okay. When most people say, oh, well, and, and I believe that when Thomas Jefferson wrote that down, mm-hmm. what he meant was physical yes. and worldly. Yes. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Because that's what they were doing. Exactly. Physically. They, they cared about physical and worldly, pursuit of happiness, life, and liberty. Okay? My answer to that is, that's hogwash. Physically and worldly is not supposed to be the Christian's mindset. Yes. We're supposed to set our things above, mm-hmm. not of this world, right? right totally right, different. Right. So if somebody has their mind focused on the things above and not of this world, then absolutely we are given the inalienable rights of life, liberty, and the pursuit, pursuit of happiness. True life can only be found in Christ. Right. Those apostles, they gave their physical lives and they live in eternity with Christ. Amen. They, they, <laughs> they did not forfeit their souls. They have true life. Yes. Those apostles and Paul, he had true liberty. Even in his bonds, mm-hmm. he was free. At any moment, God could have spoken, rumbled the, the jail. We watched yeah. it many times. Oh, and it's not just it a freed him. And it's just not just a physical thing. Right. That's he talks about. Uh, you have been freed in Christ. That's in Romans six. Yes. You, you are no longer. Uh, under the bondage of law, sin, and death. Yes, you amen. Are, you are now free from that. So yes. That's right. Only true freedom can ever come in Christ. Yes. Even, even slaves that we have freed in America are still in bondage until they come to Christ and, and get their, their sins taken care of. Only true happiness 
joy is found mm-hmm. in Christ. I tell you these things so that your joy may be complete, right? Mm-hmm. So the idea is if you take your focus off of the worldly junk and try to find your life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness in the world, right? then, and move it to... Happy are you who are persecuted for righteousness' sakes. Yeah, it totally changes everything. <laughs> it completely makes it upside down. Yeah. Well, I, obviously, I'm going to agree with you 100% yeah. <laughs> that, we're, that we're gifted with those inalienable rights. Amen. Uh, <laughs> so. And that'll preach, by the way. That's for free. You can do that on your next, uh, you can do that on your next uh, patriotic sermon on Memorial Day or whatever you want to do. You're welcome. So yes and no Anyways. is the answer. Yes and no. That's right. All right. N- next question. Is America mentioned in the older New Testament prophecies? Why or why not? Oh, this one's yours. Yeah. Uh, no. My answer is absolutely 100% America is not mentioned in the older New Testament that I see. Yeah. Scripturally speaking, no. It's not in Daniel. It's not in Revelation. It's it's not there. Oh wait a minute. Are you sure about that? Oh, do you have some some seedy underbelly underhanded? <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to hear okay. this. Go ahead, buddy. <laughs> My answer is actually no. No, that's right. But uh, I will say that I I am. There is a large number of people who will disagree with me uh, and you. Yeah. Uh, Revelation 17, verse 1. And there came one of the seven angels. I'm reading the King James just for emphasis. Of course. And there came one of the seven angels, which had the seven vials and talked with me, saying unto me, Come hither, I will show unto thee the judgment of the great whore that sitteth <gasps> upon many waters. How dare you call my country the great whore? <laughs> <laughs> this is a verse that's often used to refer to uh, that the whore of Babylon. The whore of Babylon. That's referred to here in Revelation 17 could be the She's Amer- a great the whore. America, the America, the United States of America. Right. But um, and and there is uh, one I was looking at here uh, just a while ago that and it's so funny because they all want to. It's not in a good light. Right. Any of these any of these websites where these people are, are saying, oh, here's the this one was saying this is like an answers page, and it was like, is America in prophecy was like the question, and they're answering it like in the most affirmative way possible, like they're saying this is what it means. Right. I love when people take very symbolic text, cryptic prophecy, okay, and, do that. and go, this is exactly what it means. Right. Um, Revelation thirteen. And let's see, was it verse 11 says, and behold, and oh, and I beheld another beast coming up out of the earth and he had two horns like a lamb and he spake as a dragon. Spake. So this guy was actually saying that this beast that comes up from the earth is America. A hundred percent. No doubt about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course he, re- he related that back to Daniel seven and 24 that mentions the same uh, beast, beast with two horns. And um, he refers to those as our civil, as the, the two horns are our two sides of our government, you know, the civil and the, um, what is the other? I don't know. I so thought anyway, there were three branches again. Not branches. Um, uh, civil and military? Yeah, I left the website. I don't know. Yeah. I My answer's no. Yeah, it's just- <laughs> 
<laughs> this is a silly question. Well, and it, of course, it all depends on your eschatology anyway. Right. As to whether or not, you know, your preterists are going to be like, uh, well, America wasn't around in 70 AD, so no. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I said. Okay. Anyways. Okay. All right. Um, what rationale do you use? And I can't wait to talk about this one. What rationale do you use to prioritize kingdom ethics in regard to public policy? For example, why do gay marriage and abortion have a stranglehold on determining how evangelicals vote, but not loving your enemy or even the best way to love your neighbor? How can we determine what is more important as Christians? So mm, That's actually a really good question. Yeah, it because is. Because we do that. We, we, we like to um, make a hierarchy out of the important sins and the non-important sins. Right. I just don't think, first off, um, it seems like the person is asking this question to pit Republican against Democrat, saying that Republicans focus on gay marriage and abortion, whereas Democrats focus on loving your enemy and the best way to love your neighbor. And my answer to that is Democrats don't give us the best way to love our neighbor. Um, I don't. Oh, I see what you're saying. I don't believe that social that, so, that social, social programs are somehow. Uh, uh, I have heard a lot of people say social social programs are Jesus's. It's the preaching of Jesus coming into. The, and that's absolutely right. not true. The who who did God in, in Scripture give the command to take care of the poor to? Did He give it to the government? No, no, He gave it to the church. Right, the church's responsibility. And the sad thing is a lot of churches are failing in this, mm-hmm. is to take care of the poor and, and, and individuals and the, the as needy well. and the individuals. It's not the government's place, Well, period. here's the other thing. It's not giving if it's mandated. That's right. It's, it's taking. It's a tax. <laughs> so, okay, so, and, and let's also go to this point that people who buy into that love social programs because they're paying for the needs of others with somebody else's money. Right. It's not their money. Right. It's somebody else's money. Right. When it and hurts you to give, <laughs> then you can talk to me about social justice. <laughs> and that's that's what frustrates me so that's to what death you, about So that. that's what you think is driving the question? Yes. About, I, I'm well, because sure. I think there's another element to that question that is okay. that is interesting, too, because uh, we do make a lot of hubbub about... Uh, about Abortion like, and uh, Well, and about, you know, these are things that are like in the social, um, they're, they're in the mainstream media. They're, right. I mean, we're, we're, they're put in front of our faces, this whole the bathroom debacle and the the transgender uh, Issues, stuff yeah. and, and all this stuff. I mean, people love the fact that there's a controversy right. uh, because it makes more, you know, listeners and more viewers. Sure. So, um, but the, the thing that, that I find interesting about I do kind of see a hierarchy at times in the mm-hmm. scripture when it comes to evil and it comes to morality, um, not from a justification standpoint. Uh, James tells us there in James two and ten, if you're guilty of one, you're guilty of all. Right. Right. He says, you know, you say I don't steal, but you commit adultery. You're still a transgressor of the law. Yeah. So, and I heard a, a recent preacher put it this way: the law does one thing; it tells you whether or not you're innocent or guilty. Period. There's right. no levels of that. Yeah. You're either innocent or guilty. Which are you? Well, have you? Did you mess up any? Well, then you're guilty. Okay. Right. So from this, from a justification That's standpoint, justice. Yep. Yeah. From a justification standpoint, it's all equal. Right. But God definitely seems to have 
pro- more bigger problem with some of the things than he does others. Right. And I don't think the things he has problems with... Are the ones we're focused on. Are the ones on. we have problems with. Right. <laughs> Other than abortion, I think that's a big deal. Yeah. I, 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 but Because it is taking the life of an innocent. Right. But even that, I mean... When you look at some of the things that that happened in the Old Testament, in the in in the, the I mean, you had Manasseh sacrificing his own children right. to Moloch, and I mean, and yes, that was a big deal. But you have all this lingo in um, in the Old Testament, like okay, for example, Proverbs six, uh, it says there are six things that the Lord hates, seven that are an abomination to Him. Haughty eyes. Which one's the abomination? <laughs> a lying tongue. Okay, here you go. Hands that shed innocent blood. Yes. A heart that devises wicked plans. Just about every politician there, by the way. Feet that make haste to run to evil. Mm. A false witness who breathes out lies. And here's one that, that I think Christians need to listen to. And one who sows discord among brothers. Oof. Now, wait a minute. I didn't see a, I didn't see homosexuality in that list. What? Now I mean, I'm so shocked. Now I'm not saying I'm good with that. I'm just saying that yeah. we we will lie at the drop of a hat. Yeah. And that's the one of the first things mentioned here is the things that God hates is a lying tongue, and. We certainly don't have a problem with gossiping right. about stuff. Yeah, what's it say here? A false witness who breathes out lies and one who sows discord among brothers. Wow. The grapevine needs to get cut out. Yep. So, in a way, the answer to his question, maybe not the way he was asking it, but the answer to the question is, yeah, there is a level of of of, of things, not from a justification standpoint, but from things that anger God, things that make that that he hates, that he considers an abomination. Right. Um, and sometimes those things aren't the same things we think they are. Yeah. And for me, I, I'll just give this as a totally on another side of this coin. As a libertarian, I do not believe that we should legislate morality. And what I mean by that is uh, it's up to us to take care of the poor. It's mm-hmm. up to us mm-hmm. to make sure that the the needy have a place to go or – um, and it's up to us to make sure that the innocent are protected. Right. The only play, the only time that there should be legislation is when it, it, it hurts somebody else. An abortion hurts somebody else. So therefore, I, I personally, this is my own personal conviction. You can be angry at me if you want or whatever. The whole gay marriage issue is to me a non-issue um, because you're legislating a moral stance. Mm-hmm. Um. But on the other side of that, we don't need government programs to take care of the poor. What we need are Christians to step up and be Christians. Right. And so, and if they're doing that, you know what? We might not have to legislate more. The last numbers I saw, I think like 2% of the amount of money that's actually tithed in churches every Sunday, 2% would end world poverty. Yeah. Period. Yeah, but now it's building gymnasiums and and bowling alleys, <laughs> so and, we can quote unquote minister better, right. meaning that we can have more fun <laughs> in our potluck. Anyways, ugh, ugh, that'll. Ugh. All right, um, last question, and we'll get to it quick. What part of the Old Testament? Oh, we're law, moving through them now. Yes, we okay, are. Okay. That first one. <laughs> what part of the Old Testament law should we be following? Did Jesus come to fulfill all the law, 
or some of the law. Woo! Okay. Well, there's going to be a whole. Um, what do you? What do you? Uh, th- th- there's going to be like a whole spectrum yeah. of opinion. Oh yeah. From a, from the Christian standpoint, uh, on this, uh, my perspective is probably a little more um, antinomial. If you want to use that term, um, <laughs> <laughs> most times whenever you hear the term antinomian, it uh, it makes people think that you are greasy grace. You're a heathen. Do whatever you want, you know, <laughs> yeah. assuming you want something evil. Right. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, and that's not, I'm not going there at all. I no. believe that we live righteous lives because of love. That's and, right. And because of Jesus Christ. I believe We've in, been changed. I believe in regeneration. Creation. Yes. I, I, I believe in rebirth. Uh, and that means something. It's not just a word. You slap on yourself when you uh, sign your membership card to whatever church you're going to. Right. That's that is not regeneration, that's not rebirth. Rebirth is is about a change of direction completely. Yes, it's a 180. Okay, so with that being said, that is when 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 Paul says uh that I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I but Jesus lives in me. Yes. In the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith in the Son of God, mm. who loved me and gave Himself for me. Okay, so that is what we're talking about. That is, where's law in that? Right. There's, There's no law is excluded in that because your will aligns with God's will. Yeah. So okay. So that being said, you can go back and say you can you can be legalistic about things and say, well, wait a minute, we still follow the Ten Commandments, don't we? Well, all except for one. <laughs> Well, one, the Sabbath. <laughs> right. Well, what I'm getting at yeah. is all those laws, in, in my opinion, we don't follow those laws anymore. Even right. the Ten Commandments. We do those things that the Ten Commandments wanted us to do. Out of love. Because we love, and, and it, we don't have a lot of time to go over all this, but Romans 13 tells you right there, love is the fulfilling of the law. If you love someone, you're not going to commit adultery. You're not going to steal from them. You're not going to murder people. Uh, Jesus says, it's been said, you can't kill. I say, don't hate somebody. Okay, that's not, that is giving you the intent. It holds you to a higher standard. Right, we talked about it in the last episode. Exactly. This is about a change of your life, which results in a change of activity, which takes us to, as Galatians says, where the law wants us to be to begin with. A tutor under grace. Yes. And Galatians 6 says, uh, you know, obey these things or do these things and you'll satisfy the law, which is have the Holy Spirit living in you and Mm -hmm. producing the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no no law. law. And that's the point. So what we, it's, it's what we've been saved to. And, you know, this is a classic thing for me. I read a book called The Naked Gospel. Mm -hmm. um, And I forget the name of the writer, but it's amazing. Go check out that book. Uh, it blew my mind whenever he said, stop focusing on the Ten Commandments, mm-hmm. stop focusing on the Old Testament law, focus on your new life in Christ, and live in the Spirit. Right. Well, because even like, okay, let's let's pick on, everyone wants to say we obey all the Ten Commandments but one. Where in the world are you getting this? I mean, if you're going to be under the law, what does Galatians say? You're going to be under one. 
You got to be under all of them. Exactly. He was talking about circumcision. He was like, you're going to pick circumcision. You're going to hold on to that one. You got to hold on to the rest of them. So let's, let's take it another step. If you're going to hold on to thou shalt not kill, you got to hold on to the rest of them. You can't just take one and let all the rest of them go. And so that Sabbath one, just like the other ones was fulfilled in Jesus Christ. Amen. Hebrews two talks about, there was a day set aside so that you could rest in God. Well, now you rest in God every day, and that day is today. Yes. The, today is the Sabbath because that's what that, I'm resting with Christ. Right. It has been fulfilled. So I want to read one passage in reference to this. Uh, Romans 7. Yeah. Romans 7, verse 1, it says, Do you not know, brothers, for I am speaking to those who know the law, that the law is binding on a person only as long as he lives. For a married woman is bound by law to her husband while he lives. But if her husband dies, she is released from the law of marriage. Accordingly, she will be called an adulteress if she lives with another man while her husband is alive. But if her husband dies, she's free from that law. And if she marries another man, she is not an adulteress. Likewise. Okay, so... First off, these passages aren't there to teach us about marriage and divorce, et cetera, et cetera. Right. They're there because he's reiterating the Jewish law he about gave marriage us an and example. divorce yeah. to say, okay, likewise, my brothers, you also have died to the law through the body of Christ so that you may belong to another to him who has been raised from the dead in order that we may bear fruit of God. For while we were living in the flesh, our sinful passions aroused by the law were at work in our members to bear fruit for death. But now we are released from the law, having died to that which held us captive so that we serve in a new way of the spirit and not in the old way of a written code. Amen. So I believe that law has been fulfilled. That's right. Amen. We we are now under a a law of the Spirit, which is a principle and not a set of rules and regulations. Amen. I don't think I can add anything to that. That's exactly what I believe. So that's it, man. That's all wow. of our questions. This is a messy episode. It's an awesome one, man. <laughs> it's probably one of my favorites. All right, you want to do some mail? All right, uh, not some mail, but news. And now, the news. Mail? Yeah. News. And now, the mail. The mail news. <laughs> all right, tying into our political ranting uh, from Relevant Magazine, newly released Clinton email possibly show a relationship between State Department and Clinton Foundation. Hmm. A political conservative uh, advocacy group called the Judicial Watch released 44 emails yesterday that appear to reveal conflicts of interest between the Clinton Foundation and the U.S. State Department during Hillary Clinton's tenure as Secretary of State. According to the New York Times, Judicial Watch requested the emails under the Freedom of Information Act in 2015. These new emails were focused on discussions that took place between Clinton's aides and executives at the Clinton Foundation that seemed to have uh, bartered donations for access to State Department influence. (laughs) In one thread of emails, Doug Band, a Clinton Foundation official, spoke to Clinton aides at the State Department about a job for someone else. In the email, Band wrote, wrote that it was, quote, important to take care of, redacted, 
the, the person. Right. One of Clinton's aides responded saying that personnel has been sending him options. Hmm. So, you know, even more <laughs> fodder for uh, the fact that this woman is psychotic, but whatever. Whoever you want to vote for, you go for it. No, Uh, an Algerian Christian got sentenced to five years in prison, prison for calling Islam a lie. Really? Yeah. Uh, Silmain. Go to jail. Boefs, a 49 year old Christian in Algeria, sentenced to five years in prison and fined for blaspheming Islam and Prophet Muhammad in a social media post. He didn't even say it, he wrote it in a social media post. Tweet. Yeah. <laughs> He was arrested July 31st in the Muslim country for a post on social media about Jesus overcoming what he called the lie of Islam and its prophet. The post also included images of an Islamist terrorist executing a civilian. For blasphemy, Algerian law requires a penalty of three to five years in prison, along with a heavy fine. Bonafs was given the maximum sentence. Wackadoo. So, yeah. Christians are being persecuted. Mm-hmm. It's happening. It's, and <laughs> our problems are so little here. I know. I mean, hilarious. seriously. Uh, oh, oh. So I want to take this moment while we're while I'm thinking about it to pitch again this fathom events that's happening. Check check your local listings for this fathom events going to happen August thirtieth. It's a documentary called The Insanity of God. It's based on a book by Nick Ripkin. And it's it's about this. Right. Persecution is real, dude. And it's not you getting bullied at school. Right. Okay. This is about real persecution and what Christians around the world, how they under persecution view Christianity. It is an amazing book. Yeah. And I am so psyched to see this movie. So it comes out. Uh, it's a one night thing. Fathom Events, uh, Fandango.com or whatever, you can probably find it. Sure. But that's, uh, go check that out. Cool. It, it's, it'll, it'll speak to this type of thing. Yeah, you've been really into that book, and so I, I need to read it. I just haven't had a chance, but I hear it's pretty awesome. So. Yeah. All right, and Interfaith Coalition says California's anti-discrimination bill is un-American. Coalition of Pastors, college officials, and others from different religions are denouncing California's highly controversial state bill 1146, also called the Equality of Higher Education Act. The proposed law aims at protected LGBTQ students at private faith-based colleges and universities. It would make it so that no school that receives funding from the government would be able to discriminate students or staff on the basis of sexual orientation or gender expression. Senator Richard Lara, the bill's author, believes that it would protect LGBTQ students in California's private universities. There's a reason they're called private universities. (laughs) But I'm really wondering how they get money from government I guess it's through their through the uh, Pell Grants and stuff Yeah, but they're still uh, you know they only accept that funding and that's on the students behalf well like a lot of schools are accredited through the government or whatever and so to receive your accreditation I mean I don't know (laughs) Mm. that's interesting you got to stick your hands into everybody's business that's right uh, here's something interesting. Someone decided that the Swedish fish Oreos were a good idea. Sweet. <laughs> I'd buy that. 
Oreos coming out with Swedish fish Oreos. Like there's Swedish fish in between the two chocolate pieces? Well, I mean, the stuff probably tastes like Swedish fish. <laughs> like the cream filling is Swedish fish tasting cream filling. Well, that's what cinnamon. I mean, that's all that it really is, right? Swedish fish. I don't know. Dude, that sounds Do you disgusting. not like Swedish fish? I'm not a big fan. Oh. That sounds totally disgusting. Or are they, are they cherry? I don't, I don't know. I think they're cherry. Okay. I mean, I could. I'm gonna have to try it. <laughs> it's like I'm not gonna have to go look it up or whatever. I need, I need to try this. Right. I need. I need some Swedish fish in my life. <laughs> All right. I have some <clears throat> Pope news. Oh, really? Yeah. Brothers and sisters, come together. Hallelujah! The Pope is here. Worldwide. All right. This is from CNN.com, and this was last week. I wanted to share this, but I didn't have enough time. Um, Pope says schools shouldn't teach children that gender is a choice. Wow. Pope Francis has denounced <laughs> the teaching of gender identity to young children in schools, calling it terrible. This is his quote. Today in schools, they are teaching this to children, to children, that everyone can choose their gender, he said in a closed-door meeting to Polish priests and bishops at uh, Krakow last Wednesday. The Pope blamed textbooks supplied by persons and institutions who donate money for spreading gender theory, calling it ideological colonization supported by the influential uh, countries. This is terrible, he said. Pope Francis said he had spoken to Pope Benedict about it, who told him this is the age of sin against God the Creator. Pope Francis had previously spoken against gender theory, saying get, get, getting rid of the problem is not the solution. In April last year, at a general audience in Rome, the Pope said, I wonder if so-called gender theory may not also be an expression of frustration and resignation that aims to erase sexual differentiation because it no longer knows how to come to terms with it. New Ways Ministry and LGBT advocacy group criticized the Pope's remark saying the pontiff's remarks are further evidence that church officials need desperately to educate themselves about the lives and experiences of the LGBT people. Okay. Nobody chooses a gender identity. They discover it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Um, and then Pope Francis had lunch with serious, uh, Syrian refugee families this week. He hosted some special guests for the lunch on Thursday, according to the Vatican. The pontiff dined with 21 Syrian refugees who have relocated to Italy from a refugee camp in Greece, some of whom were given a ride on the Pope's private plane back in April. It sounded like a pretty touching scene. Aww. Yeah. So, anyways, go you, Pope. I like you. <laughs> anyways, that's all, that's, that's all I got today. That is all you got. Well, hey, we got uh, a little bit of time. You want to play some trivia? Bring it on. The old trivia. Grab your cards out of that there pile. All right, all right, all right. Where are you at? I don't even remember. We did Riley last time. Remember, we just peppered, oh, that's right. peppered him. With... You want to start from the top? Sure. All right, then. I like the ones at the top anyway. And then I'll ask you this question. Old Testament. Old Testament. Go for it. Of what did Onan deprive his dead brother, thereby displeasing God? (laughs) 
I was not expecting that as a question. So you're like, you went and looked for that question, didn't no, you? No, it was the first one that popped up. Okay, so I'm the question was specifically, you. what did he deprive his dead brother of? Yes. A, a lineage, a, a, a child. Offspring, yeah, that's, yes. that's exactly right. See, that was very politically correct. Woo! <laughs> that could have gotten seedy. Okay. <laughs> Oh, man. He took matters into his I'm own hands. I'm so embarrassed right now. All right. Are you ready? You, your turn. Okay. <laughs> Ask me a question. I have the wrong glasses on. Okay. Uh, Old Testament. You're old. Yeah, I've got to hold this at arm's length. That's hilarious. What was the What was the last thing God created in the day of creation? Isn't it man? Am I woman? Oh, come on. That's bunk. That's a terrible answer. You give me a ding, ding, ding right now. That's so messed up. I'll give you a part. Man, okay. I wasn't finished. Kind. (laughs) You are absolutely correct, sir. Thank you, thank you. All right. uh, Next question. Yeah, this is history and geography. History and geography. What do both Calvary and Golgotha mean? Where's my button? I'm going to have to get some more cards here. Oh, back to my question. Yes. What do they mean? Uh, The place of the skull or place of the dead. That's right. Okay, um, these, a lot of these cards I've, re, I've used several times, so let me make sure I get one that you haven't got before. I'm sure this one's new. <laughs> the, uh, the one that you've got over there? Yeah. Do you want another one? Oh, uh, well, I would give you this one, but I know you won't get it. Whoa! <laughs> Unbelievable! <laughs> it's a church history thing. Yeah, I won't get it. You want it? No. I'll give it to you. No. Okay. Um, that's another church uh, history history one. Um, okay, <laughs> okay, you ready? Yes, I'm handpicking these, and they're not getting any better. So, okay, you ready? What is the name for the summit of Mount Pisgah? P I S G A H. Oh my gosh. I'll give you a hint. It's referred in the Bible as a mount. Carmel? Nope, what is it? Nebo. Oh, Nebo. Yeah, where Moses died. Okay. Uh, Yeah. All I know is... That that song that has Mount Pisgahs in it. There's a song with that in it. Yeah. Hmm. The um, the first real spiritual moment for me in our trip through the Holy Land tour yeah. was at Mount Nebo. 
Wow. Mm-hmm. How big was it? Uh, well, I mean, it was, I mean, it's not that big, but it's big enough where you can see. I mean, like when it talks about God showing Moses right. the land of Israel from there. And, of course, now there's a lookout on the mount and a big sign showing you what is in each direction. And so you can look directly, you can look at the exact same view that Moses had. Wow. And I just wasn't quite ready for that. I wasn't quite expecting it to hit me the way it did, but it was like, dude, I'm standing right where Moses would have. And the mountain's small enough that there is no other place. We were at the top of the mountain. Yeah. And it's like a rolling hill type of mountain. It's not like the sharp, jagged Right, cliffs and, and all this. So there's not a lot of ver- variety here. We were pretty much the only place that where Moses wow. w- would have been, you know. Uh, so anyway, it was le- it was very it was very moving. Cool, yeah. You know? So, woo. All right, you we ready, ready to get out of here? Let's wrap it up, Holmes. All right, you got to get out of here anyway, right? I do. I have a date, a hot date with my wife. Yeah. The Theonauts are part of the Great Commission Transmission Network, using new media and social networking to go into all the world and proclaim the good news to everyone. To find out more, go to gctnetwork.com, subscribe to the newsletter, and stay up to date with all our shows, including Finding Christ in Cinema. Visit our website at theonotspodcast.com for show notes and outlines. Listen to us on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, or your favorite podcast catcher. Don't, uh, I'm sorry, be sure to rate us because that helps us reach a larger audience. There are several ways you can contact us and leave us feedback. Send us an email to theonauts at gctnetwork.com or call us on our voicemail line at 972-885-7270. Tweet to us on Twitter using at Theonautical. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash theonauts. And if you like us and want even more Theonauts, drop us a buck or two at patreon.com slash Theonauts. Your patronage helps in our expenses like hosting fees and equipment costs. Yes. Don't forget to tune in again and explore the vast reaches of God's word with us. All right, Jeremiah. Thanks for being here, brother. As always, thank you, David. All right, go vote. This has been the Theonauts Podcast. (laughs) Call us with your questions or comments at 972-885-7270. That's 972-885-7270. We'd love to hear from you. You are tuned in to the GCT Network. This is your Great Commission. This is your Great Commission Transmission. At GCTNetwork.com. Uh, 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 <laughs> I'm just pushing buttons at this point. <laughs>